0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian.
1: And I'm Will. This is
0: the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from expert elves to epic eclipses. And today we're talking about the Elder Elementals again.
1: Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. We're back at it again. We got two more Elder Elementals on the list, and uh, these ones have a bit more lore than the last two that we talked about Okay. for us 10 minutes ago for them last week.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> true,
1: <laughs> true. Uh Yeah, they
0: were pretty much lightweights on the lore side.
1: Oh, yeah. By lightweights, I mean, one of them had a single paragraph ever written about it. Yeah, so, so I'm
0: thinking it's more like... The dude that summoned it is where all the lore lies or whatever, like in, this, in the story of this creature. Yeah, whatever.
1: it's just it's just a big weather monster. I love it. it. Doesn't, yeah, it I doesn't have a story, but these ones kind of do. Okay. So uh, today we're covering the Phoenix and the Zaratan, or Zaratan, uh, the Elder Elementals of Fire and Earth, respectively. Unlike the Leviathan and Elder Tempers, though, which were, uh, for the most part, created specifically to fill in the role of the El- Elder Elementals of Water and Air, The Phoenix and the Zeratent are monsters that have existed in previous editions, but have now been retconned into the positions of elder elementals. Okay. So for both creatures, we'll be covering their pre-5e more biological counterparts, as well as the new, less organic 5e versions. So let's get into it, starting with the Phoenix. Okay. So a Phoenix is a powerful elemental bird that embodies the wild and unpredictable nature of fire. Uh, which, depending on your edition, is either an extra-planar or even heavenly, but still literal bird with inherent magical and mystical properties, or it's fire itself gained sentience on the elemental plane of fire. That looks like a bird. That looks like a bird. So these, I, these are all like kind of tied to an animal in some way. I
0: guess so. Like their their physiology, like the way they look, because the, uh,
1: I guess so. Yeah, because the other ones look like giant serpents. Both
0: like snakes. This one's a big bird. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, Either way, fire is an integral part of the phoenix, as is the concept of death and rebirth. Mm -hmm. As such, the phoenix is sometimes seen as a being of purification and resurrection, while at other times viewed as an agent of destruction and chaos. D&D's phoenixes are based off the in-real-life mythological creatures of the same name. Mm -hmm. okay cool so the phoenix from what we can tell um, this is real life mythology the phoenix from what we can tell originates from ancient greek folklore though there is some small evidence that it may have originated in ancient egypt what evidence there is is dubious at best Unlike a lot of the other mythological creatures we've talked about on the show, the phoenix doesn't really have a specific story or legend tied to it. Uh, the Lernaean Hydra is recorded in the tale of Heracles, and the Sphinx is remembered for its role in Oedipus's story, for example. The phoenix, though, instead, was presented by many ancient philosophers, historians, and great minds as an actual living creature that existed in the world and was often expanded upon in ancient bestiary-type writings.
0: Wouldn't that be fucking chill yeah, as fuck? Be- if they find- yeah. They're finding a lot of fossils lately yeah. with, like, oh, the thing that this dinosaur ate is preserved inside its fossil stomach or whatever. Well, and they can be, like
1: see that shit. Be, that's wicked cool. Wouldn't that
0: be cool if they just found a fucking phoenix bones they out did. there? Yes. That's, you don't course. though because they that'd blow be awesome. up into ash or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You remember, you remember uh, and speaking on the lore, like how there's, you forgot about Chamber of Secrets,
1: bro? I'm talking about ancient <laughs> mythology, bro. I do jokes. <laughs> I know. That's what I know you do. All right, go ahead. Um, so the phoenix was said to be a long lived bird that cyclically regenerates or is otherwise born again and again. It was associated with the sun and said to obtain new life by rising from the ashes of its predecessor. Some legends say they would die in a show of flames and combustion, others that it simply died and decomposed before being born again. Phoenixes were believed to live roughly 500 years per cycle. The bird has been used as a holy symbol representing rebirth, light, and purification, from the times of ancient Rome to the Christendom of medieval Europe. I live in a place where fireworks are
0: illegal, but yeah. I, I would love to buy a firework called "Death of the Phoenix." That would be oh, so yeah, fucking be super cool. Wicked cool. Wouldn't it be lame though if, like, one like uh, you got one that was like a default defaulted or whatever, it, was, uh-huh. it had a problem and just like yeah. kind of just like fizzled out smoke?
1: That would suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, previous to 5e, D&D phoenixes are described as enormous eagle-like birds, a 40-foot wingspan with brightly colored feathers, ranging from orange to red and violet, and with blue-violet beaks and claws. Their eyes are a glowing ruby color. Their bodies glow naturally bright and shed their own light. Cool. All these types of phoenixes are uh, said to be male. Um, they have extremely long lifespans, estimated to be about between... One thousand to twelve thousand years, and the reproduction process consists entirely of self-immolation and rebirth.
0: One thousand to twelve thousand years. Yeah,
1: like that big of a. Because I was going to say if it's
0: one one thousand to twelve hundred, it's not very.
1: No, but it's one thousand to twelve thousand, which okay, is a very wide range. Okay, so you can get range. a
0: lot of cycles out of it.
1: Oh well, no, yeah, that's for every cycle. Years. No, no, no. Oh, this is different. Oh. oh, yeah. 500 years was what like ancient mythological historians would say phoenixes lived. This is the new, this is the This is, the, this is D&D. Shit. Okay. D&D, I, I got mixed up. Every cycle is anywhere from 1,000 to 12,000 years. Okay. So these are much longer
0: lived. Mm-hmm. So these Very are much like so. infinite. That's yeah. going to happen for eternity.
1: You, much? Theoretically, okay. it's always reborn. So um, this version of the phoenix was said to dwell in Elysium, which is the outer plane attuned entirely to neutral good. Okay. Phoenixes are strange and enigmatic creatures. They are held in very high regard in the legends of many tribes of barbarians and other primitive cultures. It is said that the phoenix is the embodiment of rebirth. Uh, This is symbolized in the classic imagery of the self-immolation of the phoenix from which a new bird is formed. This is seen as the ultimate sacrifice for the cause of good, and thus the phoenix are considered to be noble creatures okay in general phoenixes are reclusive creatures tending to make their layers away from the worlds of humanoid beings though they have the ability to travel through the astral and ethereal planes and thus to any of the inner and outer planes they generally tend to stay on elysium or in secluded places on the prime material plane okay yeah
0: secluded places uh would a cloud giant like have a pet phoenix no fucking way and it's too crazy right if
1: it did the phoenix would be deeply upset
0: oh yeah it would fuck it up
1: because the cloud giant and the phoenix probably wouldn't get along i mean probably not not if it has a captive no yeah yeah um But I could see a cloud giant wanting that because the phoenix is super elegant. Exactly. That's why I was thinking like that. What a So like an evil cloud giant would go for it. A good cloud giant would not. Okay. Although a wealth of mysterious mystery surrounds the phoenix, there are some things that are known for sure. So it is obvious that the phoenix is a champion of good, although it seems these creatures do not actively seek out evil to destroy. They will rarely pass up on uh, such an opportunity when it presents itself. Okay. So if they see evil, they'll do something about it. Nice. Remember, this is before 5th edition, so this is not the same as the elemental monstrosities that we're talking about. No, no,
0: this is like we're talking about Phoenix in general. Yeah, this
1: is like before 5e, this is what Phoenixes were. Okay. Um, where was I? Also, despite the vast differences in ideologies, beliefs, and philosophies, and cultures that revere the Phoenix, one thing remains constant. The Phoenix is a symbol of creation by destruction. Some cultures believe that fire is the one great purifier, cleansing all that it touches. Others believe that uh, the fire's merely destroy with the phoenix both are true in its own reproduction fires destroy the old bird taking with it many centuries of life and wisdom yet it creates a new phoenix with a new mind that's thus purifying the line
0: oh yeah that's interesting mm-hmm. so it's like there, it's like doctor who in it a little bit well, i guess doctor who like carries over data yeah he's the same person right kind of like the personality gets wiped i don't know it's weird i watched uh, i don't not watch the biggest idea. doctor who fan
1: I've never watched it. But, Just remind, um, he, reincarnates,
0: he reincarnates like a fucking bird,
1: okay? <laughs> gotcha. When it is time for the phoenix to die, it goes far into the mountains away from civilization. At the very top of these peaks, the phoenix builds a great nest made of straw and various herbs. The phoenix will lie in the nest, taking its last look at the world it knows, satisfied that its work in the world is at an end.
0: God damn! what the it,
1: fuck? <laughs> it then immolates itself in a flash of great flame and light. When the flames die down, there in the nest remains untouched by flames, a young phoenix arrayed in bright colors like its parent before it.
0: That's poetic. That is like uh, the David Tennant Doctor Who was like, I don't want to die. And yeah. then he did. Oh, sorry. Spoilers for David Tennant <laughs> Doctor Who. Uh, sorry, guys. Spoilers for Doctor Who, but all the actors that you saw were Doctor Who's that died. Right.
1: <laughs> So of all magical or enchanted creatures, the Phoenix is perhaps most sought after by alchemists and sages alike. There's almost no part of the Phoenix that cannot be used in a magical potion or for research. The feathers of the Phoenix have a great many uses. They can be used to adorn a staff of healing. they can be used to make potions of greater healing, and have many other curative, Magic uses, including Final Fantasy, where they use Phoenix down Phoenix to bring down. people life.
0: I was gonna say it, but you yeah. wrote it in yeah. your notes. No, I didn't. I just said it. Oh, good, good. It needed
1: to be said. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So they can, or uh, it the eyes, beak, and talons of Phoenix are very valuable in the open market, often commanding five thousand gold pieces and up. Wait, wait a minute. The eyes and beak.
0: So you, you somebody killed the bird because if it oh reincarnates, yeah. it didn't leave a body behind. Mm-hmm. Damn, mm-hmm. Daniel. Mm-hmm. Don't kill birds.
1: Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> Even with their high value, though, it is not always easy to find a buyer on the open market because many cultures consider it a terribly bad omen or taboo violation to kill a phoenix.
0: Yeah, because that sounds bad. I wouldn't do that because it sounds really bad. Very bad. Like killing unicorns. Like
1: killing a unicorn. Yes. Last fun fact about this version of the Phoenix is their undying hatred of the undead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If phoenixes will fly into a furious frenzy upon detecting the undead in their presence and attack with the full force of their fury. <laughs> Zombies! So, <laughs> no one else is allowed to be immortal but me. Yeah, right? Yeah. You got to do it a specific way. You can be yeah. like, and you have to kill immortal. yourself <laughs> to be immortal.
0: Yeah, you can't do necromancy unless you do it on yourself. Yeah. Is it necromancy? No, it's not. not, No, it's super.
1: And also it's not, um, it's it's, it's not even really rebirth. It's like they're birthing a different entity. Yeah. It's much like the way, spoilers for Steven Universe, Steven's mom has to give up her life in order for him to exist.
0: Oh, damn, that sucks. Yes.
1: And that's much uh, how a phoenix has to procreate.
0: Okay. So it's like, it's not like I'm, it's reincarnating all of its like energies, I guess, and not its soul. I guess. Old soul? I don't fucking know. I don't
1: That's know. Just... It's not really stated. It's really up to you. Huh. So around fourth edition, the phoenix made the transition from a bird with fire powers to a bird made of literal fire. <laughs> uh, the 4e monster manual presents the phoenix as a huge elemental beast without any alignment to good or evil, a mighty personification of fiery destruction, but still not quite the elder elemental of 5e. So here's all this really cool, like... Dates back to ancient
0: times Phoenix lore. Just going to scrub that all yeah, out. going to
1: throw that away. We're going to 5e it, yeah. which is like...
0: The, what 4-E did to a lot of its stuff it sure, seems you're yeah. so just going to 5-E throw off some 4-E yeah. scramble on this phoenix
1: right okay so a quick recap uh, an elder elemental is essentially what happens when an elemental eats all the other elementals around it for over a long period of time until it grows into a gargantuan primal terror that epitomizes their specific element right the phoenix is the fire version of that yes <laughs> releasing a phoenix from the inner planes creates an explosion of fire that spreads across the sky an enormous fiery bird forms in the center of the flames and smoke an elder elemental by a need to burn everything to ash. I bet I'm going to read about that attack. Yep. The phoenix rarely stays in one place for long as it strives to transform the world around it into an inferno.
0: It can't stay in one place for very long because its its prerogative is to burn shit.
1: Exactly. And if it
0: stays in one place, it burned all the shit.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's okay. exactly right. Stat block time. I got you, phoenix. So this is the inferno
0: elemental weather monster you're the big fire guy uh gargantuan elemental neutral the armor class is 18 Mm -hmm. uh hit points 175 so we're scaling back from the um the thunder one
1: yeah this is going to be the weakest of the uh elder elementals it can move 20 feet but it can fly 120 feet
0: Mm. Uh, Strength, 19. Dex, 26. Con, 25. Intelligence, (laughs) 2. Wisdom, 21. And Charisma, 18. They all have 18 Charisma? I think they all have 18 Charisma. Uh, Saving Throw, Wisdom, plus 10. Charisma, plus 9. I think those are the same, too. Damage resistances, bludgeoning, piercing, slashing from non-magical attacks. Pretty standard at the high-level stuff. Damage Mm. immunities, fire, and... Poison. Yeah! (laughs) Condition immunities, exhaustion, grapple, paralyze, petrify, poisoned... Prone, restrained, and stunned. Can't do any of that to fire. Nope. Uh so you ever try to restrain fire, Will? Nope. Damn, me neither. Uh senses, dark vision, 60 feet. Passive perception is 15. Languages, no languages, or dashes. Uh cha- that's another joke. Sixteen challenge rating. So that's mm-hmm. much lower than the yeah, others. Much lower. Uh fiery death and rebirth. When the phoenix dies, it explodes. <laughs> there cool. we go. Yeah. End of the episode. (laughs) Each creature within 60 feet of it must make a DC 20 dexterity saving throw, taking 22 or 4d10 fire damage on a failed save or half Mm. as much on a success. Still pretty powerful. The fire ignites flammable objects in the area that aren't worn or carried. Damn, that's, that's probably looking shitty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see an explosion. It hurts. You mm-hmm. look around. Everything's on fire like mm-hmm. that Nick Cage movie. Right. Uh, the explosion destroys the phoenix's body and leaves behind an egg-shaped cinder that weighs five pounds. Mm-hmm. The cinder is blazing hot. It deals 21 or 66 fire damage to any creature that touches it. Uh, though no more than once per round, <laughs> the cinder is immune to all damage and damn and after 1d6 days it hatches a new phoenix immune to all damage like yeah. they're just like this shit is happening there's yeah. nothing you can <laughs> do yeah, about it yeah
1: absolutely nothing you can do about
0: all it all right um so you roll a d6 and fuck so, fire form. The phoenix can move through a space when it's not blowing itself up, that is. The phoenix can move through a space as narrow as one inch wide without squeezing any creature that touches the phoenix or hits it with a melee attack within five feet of it takes five or one d10 fire damage. Mm. That's like a normal fire elemental, huh? You take yeah. damage when you're in proximity to yeah. it. Yeah. So, in addition, the phoenix can enter a hostile creature space and stop there.
1: Dumb. Yeah. The first- just, just like the other two.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> the the- I'm just going to sit on you, bro. You're going to burn. The first time it enters a creature's space on a turn, that creature takes 5 or 1d10 fire damage. Uh, with a touch, the phoenix can also ignite flammable objects that are not worn or carried with no action required. Nice. Here's a flyby. The phoenix doesn't provoke opportunity attacks when it flees out of an enemy's reach. Illumination. Yeah. The phoenix sheds bright light in a 60-foot radius and dim light for an additional 30 feet.
1: Or advice, do not fight this thing in a forest.
0: No, don't do that. <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't fight it in like a wool
1: factory. Or in a city either. Just, yeah, because it will just touch everything and then everything will be on fire and you will take so much damage. Don't let it ignite your bug. You got to fight this thing on like a plains of
0: sand. Go fight it in the elemental plane of air. Somehow transport it there.
1: Somehow that, I feel like that would make it stronger.
0: But there's nothing to burn. You just fight it that's while you're true. in free fall. That's true.
1: I don't know. I'm just. There's not a lot of good options. No, there isn't. On, on the oat well, no, don't burn your boat.
0: Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like don't let it burn when your a boat. Desert island. Okay. Fight it in the middle of fucking nowhere, like yeah. Dragon Ball Z. Exactly. Tell it to shut up and stop. Yeah. So you we can need go, to fight go in there. a place. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly right.
0: Hang on. Can we dimension door over those islands real quick? Yeah. You can't. It's All not right. far. Hundreds of feet is not enough. Uh. Anyway, wait. There's teleport spells. Yeah. Uh, Legendary Resistance, Uh, if a Phoenix fails a saving throw, it can choose to succeed three times in a day. Mm -hmm. Uh, Siege Monster, the Phoenix deals double damage to objects and structures. You know, Mm -hmm. force of nature. It's going to burn all that stuff. The Multi-Attack, the Phoenix makes two attacks, one with its beak and one with its fiery talons. Uh, Why isn't it also fiery beak? Because this is a melee weapon attack. Plus 13 to hit. That's much, much lower than the others. Uh, Reach 15 feet, one target. The hit is 15 or 2d6 plus 8 fire damage. You see, it's fire damage. If the if the target is a creature or a flammable object, it ignites. Mm. Uh, until a creature takes an action to douse the fire, the target takes 5 or 1d10 fire damage at the start of each of its turns. Fiery Talons, melee weapon attack, plus 13 to hit, 15-foot reach, one target, the hit is 17 or 2d8 plus 8 fire damage. And then, of course, the legendary actions. The Phoenix can take three legendary actions, choosing from the options below. Uh, Peck, ooh, like a Pokemon attack. <laughs> The Phoenix like makes a one beak attack. <laughs> fucking giant flaming Spiro. Move. The Phoenix. I mean, this can is essentially to- a
1: Moltres. So yeah. we've got Rayquaza. We've got Moltres. Uh, um, Gyarados for the Leviathan? I guess. Yeah. Torterra for the next one, but we'll yeah, get to I that later. Yeah, I can see the
0: chonky legs. Yeah. <laughs> Big Chungus. Uh, swoop. Oh, so, sorry. Move. Uh, the Phoenix can move up to its speed just like all the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fucking crazy. So, Swoop costs two actions. The Phoenix moves up to its speed and attacks with its fiery talons. This is like a much more scaled back version of last episode. Like, Mm -hmm. it it just kind of takes what these creatures kind of all can do, like the kind of variety of stuff they put out, scale
1: it back. I think another thing of note, too, is uh, fire resistance is one of the easiest to come by in the game. So... Mm. That kind of brings the phoenix down a little bit even further.
0: Yeah, so this is we're more like in the poison realm where early levels fire is very good. Right, burning down this can do a lot of damage that is going to be hard to like mitigate. I don't know. Yeah, like it can put out a lot of different fire. This is mm. this is feels more force of nature than the combat aspect. Okay, the uh, the other two to me, like yeah, sure. they they're more like battle written like their stat block mm. is more written for battle yeah, this one uh, just kind of feels more like it's yeah. meant to just fly over a place and fuck it up and yeah. leave
1: yeah. And turn well, this into a one, fucking impenetrable this, egg. Yeah. That's a, this one causes other problems. Like you'll kill it, but it will destroy everything around you right. before you do. It, and you'll have to deal with the fact that it's going to come back in six days. What do you do with this egg? Right. Because this thing could just explode.
0: And yeah. now you have a
1: fucking side yeah. quest. You better have a wizard who can open a portal to the elemental plane of fire and you just chuck that egg through.
0: And then it'll wake up as a new bird, a fiery bird. But and it'll be home its, again. It, and it'll eat all its brethren and get yeah. big there. And yeah, no one exactly. gives a shit. Exactly. You can't burn anything in a place that's already burning.
1: Is that the whole stat block? That was it, bro. All right. Let's get ready for a short rest.
0: Oh, I love those. Selling a little or a lot. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream.
1: So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey,
0: everybody, be sure to check out Super Super Quest Quest Saga, Saga,
1: a future fantasy fifth edition D&D actual play podcast homebrewed and dungeon mastered by yours truly, me, and set in space. And
0: I play in it, along with your special guest, Jake, and friend of the show, Josh Freeland.
1: You can find it on YouTube, iTunes, or anywhere else you can get your podcasts. Super Quest Saga. Alright, Brian, we've returned.
0: We've we've returned,
1: and we're down to our last Elder Elemental, the final. (laughs) It's because all the other ones burned. It's true. (laughs) But we will be covering the Zaratan, okay. which, same as the Phoenix, existed in a previous edition in uh, both folklore and literature outside of d Got a little bit um, of lore. Mm-hmm. Last and one. Now in 5e has been retrofitted into this role as an Elder Elemental. And also, like the phoenix, there are essentially two distinct versions, one is a, one that is more biological in nature and one that is an elemental force given sentience. Okay. So, the original Zeratan is an absolute unit of a gargantuan sea turtle that passively floats about the seas. Its shell, which emerges from the surface of the ocean, is so large that it is often mistaken for an island. This mistake is understandable due to the immense amounts of sediment and vegetation that amassed on the Zeratan's shell over the centuries, making the beast's carapace truly look like a desert island. Cool. The shell of a Zaratan looks like a sloped rocky mound several hundred feet in diameter. The Zaratan's head, over 50 feet across, is often mistaken for a partially submerged barnacle-encrusted boulder. The Zaratan usually keeps its eyes shut, covered with stony lids that blend in with the rest of its head in texture and color. It wants you to think it's a rock. No, it's just sleeping. (laughs) The Zaratan's four flippers, each over 100 feet long, appear to be small reefs supporting a variety of corals, barnacles, and small fish. A Zaratan is essentially a giant ecosystem unto itself. This thing's fucking huge. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I see this all over the place. Dark Tower, Big Turtle.
1: Uh, it's a very common thing. Naruto,
0: yeah. Big Turtle. Yeah. Airbender, Big, big turtle. turtle. Uh What else we got? <laughs> Any more? Aladdin 3. Yeah. yeah. I was about Deep to pool. say that. Deep Pool yes. right now. Yes. Yeah. That one had a fucking temple in Dude, it, though. Dude, The Prince of Thieves was like, that's a good movie. movie. Yes.
1: <laughs> okay. Anyway, slow metabolism of the Zeraton, uh, assured that they have incredibly long lives, even if they're uneventful, measured uh, in millennia, in fact. At any given time, a Zeraton is 99% likely to be sleeping. As it slumbers, it keeps its mouth wide open. Any small to man-sized creature stupid enough to swim inside are reflexively swallowed. Just like me. <laughs> sure. The Zeraton spends the rest of its time either meeting or conversing with others of its kind, Every few centuries, by sheer coincidence, a pair of Zaratani will drift into each other. Should they awaken and be of opposite sex, they will likely
0: mate. (laughs) 99% sleep, 0.5% talking to bitches.
1: (laughs) Oh, God. 0.5%, you know. (laughs) You know. (laughs) Should they awake? Oh, I already said that. The courtship ritual may take decades, and the mating itself lasts as long as a year. What? (laughs) They live forever, bro. It
0: takes a long time to move to the back of the... (laughs)
1: I think it takes a long time for them to get the fucking know each other, bro. Oh okay, Get some manners. Damn, fuck. my bad The Zaratani <laughs> communicate with one another uh, in a language similar to that of Wales. Conversations between the Zaratani often last decades so Holy Even shit. the conversations last decades On rare occasions they have been known to communicate with other beings via telepathy. We're still in the previous editions, right? Oh yeah, this okay. is nothing like the 5e monstrosity we're gonna
0: talk about later. <laughs> you don't want to be an adventurer being like Oh shit, what's that noise? Oh, fuck my ears. <laughs> Sounds so like there's two of them. The
1: the older a Zaratan gets, the longer it sleeps. As a result, many actually become indistinguishable from floating islands or reefs supporting their own mini-ecosystems on their broad, rocky carapaces and underbellies. Many sport palm trees and vegetation on their shells. The older and wiser Zaratoni are perfectly contented to be attended to by lesser symbiotic beings. Okay. Provided the symbiotes are not too bothersome and don't interfere with the Zaraton's sleep. Mm. A few are known to support small villages while others have been used as mobile bases for pirates and corsairs. Okay. Um, visitors will find most inhabitants of Azertan highly superstitious. Many revere their island home as a god. They believe that Were their deity to awaken due to hunger, the island might sink beneath the sea, destroying their village. And they are likely correct. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. (laughs) As a result, these villagers strive at every opportunity to keep the Zaraton well-fed and content, sacrificing large quantities of caught fish and even visitors to placate their floating deity.
0: I was wondering, like, with these big turtles in the ocean like that, it's a turbulent place out there in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh you're not flip it's just so massive. I guess it's not it's flipping so over big, like
1: yeah, it's so big, dude. Like each fin is a hundred feet long.
0: I know. You probably it could it probably is wise enough to know that storm is coming. So yeah. it just like doesn't It just sleeps through the storm, that's dude. That's true. Yeah. So you're just living out on the ocean. Yeah. Just like hoping it's gonna be cool.
1: Yeah. All right. So the 5e version of the Zeraton is much different. It is not related to the sea in any way, and it is instead a massive primal entity of pure earth and stone. When a Zeraton is summoned from the elemental plane of Earth, the ground rises up to take the shape of what looks like a hulking armored reptile, its shell composed of a landscape from which it arose. The Zeraton plods across the land, each step sending shock waves through the ground, severe enough to unsettle structures. Ooh. Dim-witted, the Zeraton lurches onward, expressing its rage through its trumpeting calls and the occasional boulder or blast of debris it spews from its cavernous maw. If seriously injured, the Zeraton slowly retracts its appendages to gain shelter beneath its impervious shell, biding its time until it recovers and can resume its march. Damn. So one thing I've noticed about the Elder, elder Elementals is that they all seem to be very, very angry. Yeah, they're destructive forces. Yeah, I understand that they are basically weather monsters and weather can be among one of the most destructive forces known to us, but the books don't bother to give explanation to their anger despite all the wrathful descriptions of their actions. Fire, I get. Most fire, like, burns. Because yeah, fire. it's naturally like, it destructive. Is, it is a naturally destructive element. But the other three are not in a constant state of destruction and entropy, so why are the Leviathan, Elder Tempest, and Zerotan inherently weather kaiju of destruction?
0: Yeah, they're not... It doesn't make any sense, like, yeah. except for, like... When you mentioned last episode that like a wizard is usually endgame summoning these, yeah, and then they're for mad. their destructive sure, purposes, sure.
1: But like, is that their natural state?
0: I uh, know it doesn't seem like it, it should be. be like that. Yeah.
1: So don't get me wrong, whether kaiju of destruction are awesome, but a better explanation would be even more awesome. But whatever. Here's a stat
0: block. Yeah, here's a stat block though. Do uh, Zaratan stat block. The good Tell thing me is that it. we're playing Dungeons and Dragons. And you do what and you want. Yeah, you can open up that seam and yeah. get in there and mm-hmm. rearrange all the stuff. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we got the Zaratan. It's gargantuan, elemental, with neutral alignment, with the armor class of 21. Is that the highest of the four?
1: Yes. It yes, is. it is. Without that's a, a
0: big earth turtle, so that makes sense. Big Chungus. Uh, hit points 307. Uh, that does not top the Leviathan though. No, and that's interesting. Uh, the land speed is 40 feet, which is pretty good. Swim speed, 40 feet, which is cool. Oh, it can I swim. It, yeah, I feel it like... Uh, I feel like it should not be able to swim. Well, it's call, kind of calling back to that sea turtle vibe I from guess. the previous edition, I guess. But if it's
1: made of stone and earth, it should sink. It doesn't swim...
0: Well, yeah. Whatever. Maybe it's made of stone and earth, and then it's just a big air pocket in
1: the middle. Yeah, <laughs> maybe.
0: Uh, it's got expandable lungs. Strength, 30. Fitting. Dex, 10. Con, 30. Intelligence, 2. Wisdom twenty one, Charisma eighteen, saving throw, uh, Wisdom plus twelve, Charisma plus eleven. So those are just a little different. Okay. Uh, damage vulnerabilities: thunder. It's oh, vulnerable, and it's, it's a ground type. It's vulnerable to thunder. Oh, it's oh, vulnerable. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said
1: resistant. Oh. No, no, no. This is
0: the only one with the vulnerability. Oh, I guess because like it's the, like stone,
1: so like the, 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 the shaky, vibration will crack like a the stone. Shatter yeah. spell and stuff. Yeah, That's yeah. That's yeah. interesting.
0: Um, damage resistance, cold, fire, lightning, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non magical attacks. Let's get a couple well. yeah, d- others. Uh damage immunities. Oh, uh, poison? Condition immunities, exhaustion, paralyzed, <laughs> petrified, poisoned, and stunned. Mm. Uh senses. Dark vision 60 feet and tremor sense 60 feet, which is cool. That's that new. Is pretty neat. And the passive perceptions 15 languages, none or dashes. Chal- that was a joke. Challenge uh, 22 challenge rating. So-, so one
1: under the Elder Tempest.
0: Uh, earth-shaking movement as a bonus action. After moving at least 10 feet on the ground, the Xeratin can use a shock wave through the ground in a 120-foot radius circle centered on itself. That area becomes difficult terrain for one minute. Very cool. Each creature on the ground that is concentrating must succeed on a DC 25 con saving throw, <laughs> or the creature's <laughs> concentration is broken. I
1: think that's the highest DC I've ever read or seen. That's pretty fucking up 24 is up there, was up there but I feel like I've seen 24 before. 25? Holy shit. It, the, this turtle walks on the land.
0: Is like, are you doing spells? Fuck that. Boom. <laughs> no, none of that for you. The shockwave deals 100 thunder damage to all structures in contact with the ground in the area. <sighs> Devastating. What do you con most buildings at for, for damage? What would 100 th- thunder damage do to most buildings? Depends on the building. I think it would almost like obliterate what? almost every building, I think. A hundred damage. A hundred damage would well not not big big buildings like well stone buildings or like your town hall probably yeah. survive, but your your common house. Your house, house? yeah, uh, it's gonna it's, it's gonna severely damage your house. Severely damage, yeah, yeah, if not outright destroy. Yeah, I don't know what what do we put? Uh, we haven't really ever talked about I how much give HP a building a, has.
1: A big galleon ship like between 100 and 200 HP is what sure. I usually do. Okay, so that's so, a bow.
0: A bow is built at least as good as a house, right? Probably. I, mean, I don't know. I'm not an architect. <laughs> come, come at us, architects. I'm a dungeon master. Science community architects and a- people that know.
1: Anyone educated, come Anybody at us. Anybody that knows
0: about house HP, <laughs> hit us up. Uh, okay, so where was I? I know you're right now, Well, Okay, I'm just going to start over. That shockwave deals 100 fucking damage to your buildings. If a creature is near the structure that collapses, the creature might be buried. I do no. Maybe. <laughs> a creature within half the distance of the structure's height must make a DC 25 dexterity saving throw. That's big saves. Mm-hmm. On a failed save, the creature takes 17 or 5d6 bludgeoning damage, okay. is knocked prone, and mm-hmm. is trapped in the rubble. That's a trapped it. creature is restrained, requiring a successful DC 20 strength athletics check as an action to escape. Another creature within 5 feet of the buried creature can use its action to clear rubble and grant disadvantage... Or, I'm sorry, and grant advantage on the check. If three creatures use their action in this way, the check is an automatic success. Cool. So if the rest of your party comes to bail you out, they do. On a successful save, the creature takes half as much damage and doesn't fall prone to become trapped. Legendary resistance, three a day. If it fails a saving throw, it can choose to succeed. Magic weapons, the Zaratan's weapon attacks are magical. I guess that makes sense to specify that as opposed to the others. Right. Uh, Siege monster. Double damage to objects and structures. That doesn't, I don't think that includes the 100 Thunder damage. It's like no, specifying that's 100 so specific. Yeah. It's not going to just be like, they would have wrote 200 specific. Specific always it.
1: trumps general when it comes to like the rules, rules erratas, yeah. and stuff.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Multi attack. The Xeratin makes two attacks, one with its bite and one with its stomp. Bite <laughs> is 17 to hit. That's more like it. Reach 20 feet, one target. Uh, the hit is 28 or 4d8 plus 10 piercing damage for the bite that's mm-hmm. the beaky I'm ex- I'm picturing a beaky yeah like totoise yeah, yeah yeah stomp is melee weapon attack plus 17 to hit reach 20 feet one target hit is 26 or 3d 10 plus 10 bludgeoning damage and then we have spit rock it's so a vomit attack ranged weapon attack plus 17 to hit range is 120 feet to 240 feet Nice. Uh, one target. The hit is thirty-one or sixty-eight plus ten bludgeoning damage. Whoo, mama! Uh, spew debris. And this is a recharge five or six. Okay. So he's this doing is this powerful. More yeah. This is this is the second most powerful. It is literally the second most powerful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Zeratan exhales exhale exhales exhales uh rocky debris in a 90-foot cube each creature in the area must make a dc 25 dexterity saving throw a creature takes 33 or 60 10 bludgeoning damage on a failed saver half as much on a successful one a creature that fails a save by five or more is knocked prone mm. uh, and then legendary actions it can take three choosing from the options below stomp the Zartan makes one stomp attack move the Zartan makes uh movement up to its speed Spit, uh, which costs two actions, it uses its spit rock attack, so it can just do all of its attacks on your turns, or after mm. your turns, I guess. Retract, which costs two actions, it's going to be like withdraw for Blastoise. The Zartan <laughs> retracts into its shell yeah. until it takes an emerge action, which mm. is down the list a little bit. Uh, It has resistance to all damage and is restrained. It restrains itself. The next time it takes a legendary action, it must take its uh, revitalize or emerge action. That's the next two things I'm going to read. Revitalize first. It costs two actions. So it has to wait a turn to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Zeratan can use this option only if it is retracted in its shell. It regains 52 hit points or 5d20 hit points. Mm-hmm. Let me just roll 5d20 That's <laughs> and fine. heal. That's a lot of fun. Fuck. So what is that
1: a maximum of 100? Oh,
0: my God. Yeah. Uh, the next time it takes a legendary action, it must take its emerge action. Mm-hmm. So retract, be resistant, heal up. And then next turn, emerge. Mm-hmm. The Zeratan emerges from its shell and uses Spit Rock. It can use this option only if it is retracted in a shell. <clears throat> so when it emerges, it gets to just do an attack that does mm-hmm. a fuck ton of damage. Yep. Yep. This Creature is the coolest one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you like it the most. Yeah. It is very fun.
0: It, it's fucking more some reason it's more terrifying than the other ones.
1: Yeah. Well, it's got more moving parts, which is fun. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's more options here, and I like the heal ability. That's yeah, pretty cool. Which is
1: fairly repeatable, but like I'm not sure how useful it is. Resistance is nice, but if it's fighting level eighteen characters, like I don't know if 52 HP heal is enough, considering the resources has to burn to get through that. I mean, it's also doing the uh,
0: it's t- it has resistance to all damage. Yeah, so I, I think know that trumps over its vulnerability. So maybe if it's getting wrecked by.
1: Yeah. Like I said, the resistance is nice. But like when you're dealing with four or five level 18 characters, even cutting all their damage in half for a full round, maybe even more. It's probably going to be more than 52 HP. Yeah,
0: you're going to need to plan this fight if you want to optimize it, I think, where you're going to have buildings around. Mm -hmm. Weaken the buildings, destroy the buildings, trap some people, use the heal, get back out, shoot them with a fucking rock.
1: Right, exactly. Um, Any comments, questions, or concerns about the Zeraton? I mean, I... It's really cool. It is really cool. I, I like all four of these creatures, so the Elder Elementals are fucking dope.
0: I like it coming out of the ocean. So yeah. fuck your Wreck, wreck your ship. Yeah.
1: yeah I could see basically All these but the phoenix Coming out of the fucking ocean Yeah, yeah.
0: They, they they can Yeah. Well the leviathan Has to fly in From over the ocean I You mean the other tempest Oh yes yeah. I meant the tempest But storms
1: come in From the sea all the time So it's fitting Yes Yes it is um, um,
0: But no that's it That's all I got okay. With um, that being
1: said Let's get ready for a long rest Yeah
0: Staring at grumps right now With the grumps Okay <laughs> Long rest time uh, Will I'm wearing An earth slippy mm-hmm. And this fucking Hot ass fire slippy <laughs> And I tried <laughs> to put the fire slippy out, but it turned into a fucking egg and burned my house down. I'm sorry, so, man. That's yep, I just got a hot foot
1: now. I'm very sorry. Oh, it's okay. It's gonna
0: be hard to sleep, but we'll get through it. I don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> I this was about to ask I, what are we talking about this long rest? I don't um, know. What do you want to talk about?
1: Uh Supercore Saga's back, so there's it's that. It's been back. Yeah. And
0: it's doing good. I hope. Probably. So. I hope. <laughs> we haven't dropped it yet. We record yeah. in the future. Yes, we do. Or no, we, we in record in the past. In the far past. With intentions of the future. Yes, exactly. Uh anyway. Um, I don't know. Contest is over. Tell people about the show. Yeah. How our contest asks you to do. That's the whole point. If you want to help us out. Um, yeah, please tell people about the dungeon cast or super quest saga. We do Mm -hmm. both of those. Yeah.
1: Um, we have that panel coming up.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, sci-fi con. We're going to be on sci-fi con. Um, it's going to be an online thing now. Uh, still cool. We're going to run a monster panel. We don't have all the details just yet, or we do, but I don't have them in front of me. It's not. (laughs) That important yet. Check us out next episode. I'll have all that prepared Sweet. to tell everybody about. We'll probably be dropping that in like a short rest. Um, yeah. If you want to get, uh, we're like almost full up on ad space right now, but we do have a couple spots open. If you're interested in them, please email us at uh, the at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, we're pretty much doing uh short rest ads these days mm-hmm. with the exception of like a couple, like it depends. You can negotiate with us for the front of the episode now, but we're going to try to, like lighten up the ad stuff and the fluff from all the episodes. So, um, yeah, I think, I think I that's all it, it game. This is really general. Find us on Instagram and, and Twitter and
1: stuff, but yeah, let's call it a game. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye.
0: The dungeon cast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast, I'm Brian. I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from expert elves to epic eclipses, and today we're talking about elemental, epic, what are
1: we? (laughs) Elder elementals. Elder elementals
0: again. Indeed. Okay, okay. (laughs) Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast, I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) Fuck. Okay. (laughs) This is going in the highlight reel. Oh man. Uh, Okay. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast, I'm Brian And I'm Will This is a podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons From Ur- I read the old one, fuck <laughs> I'm gonna get it right this time Yep
1: Contained herein are the
0: heresies of Radolf Burntwine. Erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth Of a plague-ridden world That ours is not a loving god And we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwein coming January 2nd wherever podcasts are available.